0: Thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. Hey, listen, good morning. I wanted to let you know that uh, I've got got a Mountain Dew up here, and here's the reason why. Because I've been assaulted this morning several times because I ain't wearing the color green. And and so I'm going to carry this with me as protection. And this is my green contribution today. And uh, I'm just so glad y'all are here on St. Patrick's Day and we get to celebrate Jesus together today. I want to say uh, it is so good to be home. Last week, we, uh, like I'd mentioned, we went over to Old Disney World, just had a, a fun time. And, and I want to thank you for allowing us to go. Uh, you, you know this for me. And you know my heart. I, I love this church. We started this church but outside of Jesus, there's nothing more important uh, to your pastor than his family. And, and that'll always be the case. Uh, there's other churches, but I have one family and I'm going to do everything I can to love on them and spend time with them. And we have, we have poured every bit of blood, sweat, and tears into, into making sure this church would be started to honor the Lord. And, and I just needed a week to get away with just my, my wife and my kids and just to love on them. So you know what I did for the first time and in all of my ministry, I didn't answer a single phone call. I, I, didn't, I didn't answer a single email. And you know what? I was so happy, so grateful. I love, uh, I love this. I wanted to share some pics with you from our Disney trip. Not to make you jealous, but just to show we were there. Um, th- this is us at the Magic Kingdom. So if I can get this middle camera, there you go, Levi, just come on over here, zoom in. This is us at Magic Kingdom. Uh, we left Bennett with the grandparents because what's a stroller life in Disney World, right? He's just really young. And then, and then we rode rides. This is us. Um, that's my daughter, Avery. And this is Chloe right here. Um, you can't really tell from the camera angle, but she is terrified. Um, she, she clutched her fingernails into me. And after some bleeding the first day, we were okay. But man, we loved this. And this whole family before us, they were nuts. I loved watching them do this ride. And then of course, we were at the Magic. That's me and Chloe. We were at the Magic Kingdom. We closed it down every time we were there. And then this is us at the Animal Kingdom. We just loved our time. They got, we met every princess ever invented. I'm still at that phase at Disney World where we don't really do roller coasters yet. We waited probably some 20 hours all week in line to meet princesses. And as a young man, that's what I've always dreamed of, right, just waiting in line at Disney to meet uh, princesses. And this was was our trip. We absolutely loved our our time at Disney World. Here's what I was kind of overwhelmed with, something I just can't explain. I never saw in one setting more moms and dads fight openly. Kids cry more frequently. Families wait more painfully. And the utter exhaustion that I saw on people's face like I did last week, and I paid $4.6 million to see that, right? Like That was Disney World. And here's one thing, and listen, I say all that. I love it. It's one of my favorite plays. Let me just tell you my, the, the most magical and happiest of places on the planet. Number one's my home. I love our home. Number is our church. Number is our, our community in Sevier County. Number is the mission field. I love the mission field. Number five is Pottery House. I love Pottery House down the road. And number six is Disney World. So listen, it is up there. No matter what I saw, I love Disney World. But here's the phrase I kept hearing about Disney over and over, that it's the most magical place on earth, that Disney World is the happiest place place on earth. And I do at Disney World, which is one of my favorite pastimes. I love people watching. Is anybody else out there just love watching people? Great places to do that are Walmart, um, places like Disney World. And I just watch people. And I remember hearing that phrase over and over again. And I thought this, it's pretty magical. It's pretty happy there at Disney World. But the most magical place on earth, the happiest place on earth for me is being right in the center of God's will, knowing him and making him known. And you know what? It makes places, even like Disney World, see all the more magic and all the more wonderful. And so I'm so glad to be back. Uh, Pastor Justin preached for me last week and I heard he used his Bible. That's a big step up, right? We're grateful for that, but let's give it up for Pastor Justin. and did a great job um, last week, so grateful for him. And we are back in our series, We Are Connect Church. And here's what we're doing. We are answering the why behind what we do to encourage and excite one another to ask how we can be evolved in what God is doing in the life of his church. Now, here's the questions we've asked over the past several weeks. Why church? Why serve? Why sing? Why, why this book? Why spend time in this book every single day? And today we continue on the very subject that every message at Connect Church V lines to, that every song sung V lines to, that every act of service, every act of love V lines to, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We continue there today. A couple of weeks ago, we asked this question. What is the gospel? And why is it so celebrated? Why is it so central to the life of Connect Church? And here's what we did. We defined the gospel this way. I love this. The gospel is the good news that the God who created you loves you and sent Jesus, his son, to die on the cross for your sins and that that Jesus rose again so that we might have eternal life in him. And here's the beauty of the gospel, that the gospel connects us with Jesus Christ. Everything we do here v-lines to that truth. But here's the deal, the gospel is not only central and celebrated in every service, but also the very vision that's gonna carry us into the future of Connect Church, our neighborhood to nations. The gospel is central to the vision of our church. Neighborhood to nations, how God is gonna use Connect Church in the next two years, even though we're so young, even though we're just beginning, how God is gonna use Connect Church in the next two years in our neighborhoods and to the nations to bring the gospel to people. You say, well, how is it that you as a church, you're young, how are you reaching your neighborhoods? How are you reaching the neighborhoods of Sevier County? Well, here's the deal. Our greatest ministry as a church into the life of our community is this, is when every Sunday we send you out as an ambassador of Christ, as a missionary, into the very marketplaces of your everyday life where God has planted you, where God has planted your family. The greatest thing that we can do as a church is to train you, equip you, and empower you to own the gospel and to take it into your homes, to take it into your schools, to take it into your, your community, into your workplaces, and wherever God has has you, And wherever God has given you, incredible influence. This is the greatest thing we can do for our neighborhood. But we're also partnering with community ministries like Young Life, like the Sevier County Food Ministry, like Focus Prison Ministry, Northview Community Church. It's a new church plan that has not even launched yet that we're doing everything we can to support and to raise them up in the Kodak community. We're we're partnering with Sevierville Primary School and other schools. We're working on more and more partnerships locally, both financially and physically, so that you and I can find ways that we can love on our neighborhood and point them to Jesus. We're also looking for opportunities, and I know we're only a a few weeks old, but but we want to plant more churches in our community because we're convinced it's not about how big we can get right here on this property, but how close we can get to the neighborhoods of our community with the gospel that's gonna make all the difference in the world. But today we turn our time and and our discussion of the gospel to one part of our vision, and that is to the nations. And we ask this question, why the nations? Internationally in our vision, we we have a heart to go to the nations with the gospel. And we, we don't shy away from that. In fact, one of our best international partnerships is not really one at all, because it's not international. But it's with alaska anybody ever been to alaska in the house kind of raise your hand man i lo- if you've been there don't you love it i see keith and judy stiller isn't it the best place i mean probably beats disney world honestly if you think about it it's more magical than disney world i love alaska we were ministering to one school there where over ninety language were spo- 90 languages were spoken In just one school, the entire, the entire nations are going to Alaska and we put them on our international scope because if you've ever been there, it has its own international flavor and the nations are coming to Alaska. And so internationally, we're partnering with True North Church, a church plant there to help them to make much of Jesus in their own community. I love that. In November, I'm going to be meeting with Compassion International flying over to the Dominican Republic to start work there as a church to help feed kids and to school kids and to know that they come up in faith and trust in Jesus Christ. This week, I'm meeting with a, a lady who works in missions and is incredibly resourceful in missions all across the world and open and closed countries. And, and so this week we're going to meet, we're going to talk about how Connect Church can partner with brand new churches all across this world in countries that celebrate the gospel and Countries that are close to the gospel, so that we could be there and we can make sure Jesus is being made much of all across the world. I love international missions. But why? But why the gospel outside of these walls? Why take the gospel outside of our community, outside of our culture, into different cultures in different communities around the world? Well, before I answer that question, I want us to talk about the number one argument against what sometimes is labeled as foreign missions or, or international missions. And here's the argument that always comes up about taking gospel, the gospel to other peoples. People are lost here. Why do we need to go there? If there's enough hurt and need right here in Sevier County. I'm gonna tell you the truth. There's 70 to 90,000 people are in nobody's church here in Sevier County. So why take the gospel over there when there's so much of it needed here. And practically, I understand that. Hear me, without question, the gospel is needed in our culture, but the idea that we shouldn't engage in missions outside of our culture, because some in our culture still don't know Christ is counterintuitive. Thankfully, now think of this church. Thankfully, this argument was not adopted by the early church and the early disciples. You know, thankfully, Peter, James and John didn't go, hey, wait a second. There's people right here in Jerusalem who don't know Jesus, so we're not gonna take the gospels Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. And thankfully, they didn't adopt this type of mentality that we need to keep the gospel just right here. The person asking, why do we need foreign missions? They do so ignorant of the very fact that their hearing of the gospel happened because of people who brought the gospel to the new world and they were able hear it. People, generations ago, who had a heart for the gospel, had a heart for Jesus, and they brought it here. Hey, by the way, I'm just, Jesus wasn't born in, did not die in, and did not rise again in Sevierville, Tennessee. I hope that's not news to you. He didn't. The gospel originated some 6,306 miles away from where we are standing and sitting this morning in Jerusalem. And what's amazing is, is that the love that God has for you, the fact that he created you, he designed you, he loves you, and he knows everything about you and he still loves you, is amazing of the fact that he put the gospels in the hearts and the mouths of other people so that some 6,306 miles away in this time, at this place, you could hear about how much he loves you. I'm so thankful that that argument wasn't adopted by God or the early church. That argument why, why take the gospel over there when we need the gospel more here seems practical, but it isn't biblical. So why? Why take the gospel outside of these walls, outside of our culture, into different cultures around the world? And here's the first thing I want us to know. You ready? And it's this simple thing. God's heart is for all people, not just some. I want you to catch that, church. listen, God's heart is for all people, and not just some. Let's consider some passages of scripture together. Look at Psalm 67, three through four. And by the way, notice I'm not hopping to the New Testament, but I'm establishing God's heart for all people in the Old Testament. Look what the Bible says. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. You know what's amazing? I'm beginning to see uh, the heart of God, not just for local people, but for all people. We begin to see his heart, don't believe me? Let's look a little bit further on. Another passage in Psalms 105.1. Give praise to the Lord. Watch this, watch the command. Proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done for them. Listen, what God has done for you, what God has done for them. Make known to all the nations. Do you begin to see God's heart? Not just for some people, but for all people. Look at this passage in Isaiah 45.22. Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none other. There's no other beside me. Watch what he said. It's just not to one geographical area, not to one people group, but to the very ends of the earth. And watch this here in John chapter 3, verse 16, and I love this. It's an obscure passage. Maybe you might've heard of it. That for God so loved, severe so For God, he so loved the United States. For God so loved North America. For God so loved white people. For God so loved black people. For God so loved the Chinese. For God so loved just the Europeans. For God so loved the Indians. For God. Hear me. For God so loved the. The world. That word in the Greek is cosmos, and it's not talking about the globe that is floating in space. He's talking the entirety of humanity, all that he created. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. It is undeniable that God's heart is for all people and all nations, not just some. And you read passages like we just read in the Old Testament, and you go, God seems to be really into himself. You ever read that? Make my story known, make my name great. You go, God's really into himself. And he is, because here's the truth about God. God is in it for his glory. And when it's his glory, it's always for our good. Watch this, I love what Tom Sellers said. He said, God is the one being in the universe from whom self-exaltation is the ultimate loving act. And the reason is easy to see. The one and only reality in the universe that can fully and eternally satisfy the human heart is the glory of God. The beauty of all that God is for us in Jesus Christ. Therefore, God would not be loving unless he upholds and displays and magnifies that glory for our everlasting enjoyment. That's why Paul would say in Romans 15, 9, that the reason Christ came into the world was that the nations might glorify God for his mercy. God loves all people. You say, Anthony, why why the nations? Why take the gospel outside of these walls, outside of our culture, outside of our community? Not only does God love all people, not just a few, but Christ's command isn't just local. It is global in nature. Hey, listen, as church, as believers, we must not have an either-or approach when it comes to missions, but we must have a both-and approach to missions. We must share the gospel both locally and globally. Here's the reason why. Because God loves all people. Wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me that God loves all Wait a second. Let me... Let me, let me look here. Does God love people in China? Yeah, Aaron, Aaron he does. Th- thank you, buddy. He got, God loves people in, in China. Thanks for pointing that out. Really appreciate that. Does God love Europeans? Sure. I think God loves Europeans. I think his love for people's not local, it's, it's global. Th- thank you, Christian, good, good to see you. God loves people. Sure, He does. God loves all His creation. Abby, thank you. Sit down. Thank you, very much. God loves people in Kentucky and Auburn. Let me, let me look here. Um, Got a degree in this stuff, and I can't answer that question. Uh, You know what? I'm going to play it safe right now and say that God even loves people in Kentucky and Auburn. God, forgive me. Here's the deal. Here's here's the truth of the matter, That, that Christ's command is not just local but it is global in nature. Take a look at this passage of scripture. I love this. Jesus has died upon the cross. He has risen again three days later and he has a conversation with his disciples and watch what unfolds here. It says this, then Jesus came to them and said in Matthew 28, this is his great commission that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Watch what he says. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, of all nations, of all peoples, People who look like you, people who talk like you, people who act like you, and guess what? People who look nothing like you, people who talk nothing like you, and people who act nothing like you. I says to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. Did you see the very promise? When you and I take the gospel both locally and globally, do you see the precious promise that's found here? It's not of riches, it's not of gold and silver, it's not of fame and popularity. It's Jesus, he's with us. And that is the joy of taking the gospel to people who God loves greatly. Inside of these walls and outside of these walls, inside of our community and outside of our community, inside of this culture and outside of this culture, we serve a God that loves all people, not just some, and we serve a Jesus whose command is not only local, but it is global. Listen to what Jesus said. So we caught him right after his resurrection here, Matthew 28, and now we go, Jesus spent 40 days walking with the disciples. And now we find ourselves with this last conversation with his disciples before he ascended into heaven. And look what he says, but you will receive power, dunamis, where we get the word dynamite. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. See that word witness there? In the Greek it's Marteo. It's where we get the word martyr from. I wonder if Jesus wasn't painting a picture of what it would be to love and follow after him, but you will be my witnesses, my martyrs in Jerusalem but it doesn't stop there and in all Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. You see, Christ's command isn't just local, but it's global. And if you and I were not to ask the question of why, why taking the gospel to the nations is important for our church, then we miss out on the joy of Christ And we continue in disobedience to the command of Christ. I love this. In just 30 years from this moment, 30 years from Jesus's conversation with his disciples in Acts 1.8, here's what we know, that the gospel is spreading like wildfire. I shared this with you a couple of weeks ago. That the gospel traveled from Jerusalem to Syria, to Asia Minor, to Greece and Italy and Egypt and North Africa and Persia. In just 30 years, the gospel was spreading from this moment all around the world in the mouths of those who were forever changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hear me, the gospel didn't travel just in the mouths of pastors and professional missionaries, but it traveled in the mouth and in the hearts of those who loved Jesus, who followed after Jesus, who were passionate about Jesus, and who told people about Jesus everywhere they went. While the gospel is spreading like wildfire back then, we need to know that the wildfire of the gospel is still spreading today. But there are still so many people who don't know Jesus. I want to share a, a map with you. This is a map of the world, but it looks a little different, doesn't it? You see, the Joshua Project follows unreached people groups. An unreached people group is where there's just a marginal part of a culture or community that has any idea of who Jesus is or has any faith and trust in Christ. And what this map is of, it's a map of the world, but it's country-sized proportional to unreached people groups. So what you are seeing, as countries are enlarged on this map, you are seeing the areas of the world where there are actually people who don't know the name of Jesus, who don't have churches in their culture, and who have no access to the very word of God. And what you begin to see is the United States is very skinny, but it still has unreached people groups. And you begin to see places in the Middle East, in North Korea, in China, in India, in places all around the world that are absolutely large on this map. Why? Because the people who have yet to hear about Jesus, the population size is unbelievable. Listen to this. You gonna listen to these statistics. The total number of unreached people groups in the world is 7,081. There are 7,081 mass people groups that do not know of Jesus total of that of all people groups, 41.6% of all people groups on the planet do not know Jesus Christ. Here's the population, you ready? Of unreached people groups, there are 3.14 billion people on this planet who have never heard of Jesus. Does that not blow your mind? Do you know what that means? That means over 41% of this planet has yet to hear the gospel. And I'm going to tell you something. As a pastor of a brand new church here in Sevierville, Tennessee, that absolutely breaks my heart. I couldn't imagine a moment of my life without him. I lived long enough without him. But I couldn't imagine another moment of my life as a pastor, better yet, as a husband, and a dad, as a son as a friend, as a brother. Can't imagine one moment without him. Over three billion people have never even heard his name. Can I share a story with you that comes from this region right here? Can't share with you names for their protection. I can't even share with you the exact location because of the sensitivity of this story of a pastor who shared the story of a Persian migrant who arrived at a refugee center at 6 a.m. And this migrant was very upset. He told the story, this story, this migrant told this story to a Persian pastor. He said, during the night, I saw someone dressed in white raise his hand and say to me, stand up and follow me. And the Persian man said, who are you? And the man in white replied, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the way to heaven. No one can go to the Father except through me. And so this migrant began to ask the Persian pastor, who is he? And what am I going to do? Why did he ask me to follow him? How shall I go? Tell me. And in response, the pastor held out his Bible and asked, have you seen, have you seen one of these before? the migrant looked at him and said, no. The pastor opened up his book to the book of Revelation. He read the passage that said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And the Persian migrant man began to weep. He said, how can I accept him? How can I follow him? So the pastor led him in prayer and peace came over the migrant. And the pastor then gave the man a Bible and told him to hide it since the Muslims in the camps would cause him trouble. But the man replied this, the Jesus that I met today, he is more powerful than the Muslims in the camp. He left, and an hour later he returned at great peril and danger to his own life with 10 more Persians and told the pastor, these people want a Bible. You know what's amazing? You had a Persian migrant who converted from Islam to Christianity and within one hour brought 10 people to the best way he knew to Jesus. And we sit in churches filled with people who have yet to even share the gospel with one single person. That story, I before I came here, I was slated to be in Syria at a refugee camp. God had called us here and I had to cancel my plans. But you were on the border of Syria in places in the Middle East where ISIS was very much advancing, um, where Islam and radical Islam were very much taking the mantle. And we were to go in these refugee camps a little bit undercover. And we were to meet with church plant pastors there who were doing their best to affect the population of the gospel. Do you know the story we heard over and over again? Muslims by the tens of thousands We're having dreams of Jesus. Now now listen, if you know anything of dreams, you know that God can use dreams. But if you're a Shiite, you're a Muslim, You believe that God would move in dreams and what's happening is by the tens of thousands, Muslims are having these visions of Jesus Christ and he's calling them out to follow him and we're watching them find pastors who left their comfort and their home without regard to their safety are sharing with them the gospel. And hear me, unbeknownst to most in the church today, there's a revival that is taking place in the nations of people coming and placing their faith in Jesus Christ. You know why? Because God cares for all people, not just some people. Because God, Christ's command isn't just local, but it is global. But I want you to hear me. The enemy, in places that you see so enlarged with unreached people groups, the enemy's on the attack. Here's what we know. This comes from opendoors.com, that every month, 255 Christians are killed because of their faith. That 104 Christians are abducted every single month. That 180 Christian women are raped, sexually harassed, or forced into marriage. That 66 churches are attacked every month. That 160 Christians are detained, are in prison without, without trial. And here's what we begin to see. We begin to see our brothers and sisters in Christ who have such a heart for Jesus, who have such a heart for people, that they leave the comforts of their home and their community to make much of Jesus in this world. Why? Because God loves all people, not just some. Why? Because Christ's command is not only local, but it's global. In fact, I just read a recent report. Let's say this, that research for, this is 2018 stats, that there's been an uptick that right now, staggeringly, that 11 Christians are killed for their faith every day so far in 2019, which means the numbers from last year in the short part of this year, are all the more increasing of the persecution. Did you know that 250 million, 15 million Christians experience high levels of persecution around the countries of the world today? That is one in every 12 believers is living in an environment where it is illegal and potentially punishable by death, imprisonment, or torture to know and follow after Jesus. During the world watch list in 2018, 1,252 Christians were abducted. 1,020 were raped or sexually abused. 793 churches were attacked, and just last year alone, over 3,000 believers died for their faith in Jesus. Hey, can I bring it in? You ready? These are more than just numbers. In statistics. These are moms and dads. These are kids. These are brothers and sisters, sons and daughters who are dearly loved. And you know what's amazing? They're loved by the very God that they served and continue to serve. And we're willing to say this there is nothing. In my life, including my life. That is worth more than people knowing and loving and following after Jesus. They just didn't talk the talk. But they walked the walk. So church, why take the gospel outside of these walls? Why outside of this culture and the different cultures around the world? God's heart is for all people, not just some. Christ's command is not just local, but global. And you know what? The very fact that God loves all people reminds me that God loves me. The very fact that Christ's command is for the world, but also for my hometown reminds me of a youth pastor who shared with me the gospel in the day that I was saved. It reminds me of my story. As a believer, I I want his heart for people and I want to be found faithful to Christ's command. Now now hear me. I I long for a day. You say anything? What's the chief end of all this taking the gospel outside our community and our culture into the nations? Well, what's the chief end of that? Well, Well, number one, it's obedience to Christ. It's the worship of God. But also I long for this day. Take a look at Revelation chapter seven, verse nine. As John peers into heaven in a time to come, he says this, and after this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. Now watch this. From every nation, from every time. From every people and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Let let me tell you the chief end of this conversation today that we are having. The the day that I long for the worship service I can't wait to attend. And that is on this day where I stand with brothers and sisters from every tribe, from every people, from every nation. to The gospel has gone forth and has changed lives. And together we lift high the name of Jesus forever and ever and ever together. That's the chief end. So Anthony, do we all need to buy one-way tickets overseas? Give up everything and go, listen, no. But we can pray for our brothers and sisters. We can pull our resources as we do as a church to reach the nations and to send people to the nations. A lot of your generosity goes right now to an international mission board that sends missionaries all across this world. And we're proud to do that. We can, we can come together and we can send people out from this church and other churches in our community to reach them. Hey, listen, sitting in this room today, hey, better yet, playing downstairs in the rooms below us, are missionaries that God is gonna call out of this culture into other cultures to make much of Jesus? And you know what? His parents should go, wait a second. Man, I I don't know if I want my kid. Listen, I have four beautiful kids that mean more to me than almost anything else outside of Jesus and my wife. Hold the honor. One day, I put my hands on them in a service and sending them because God has called them, because God loves all people, terrifies me in some places of my heart but all that I'd be a dad that'd be open to whatever God wants to do with my kids. So there may be some people right now that God's, start, Anthony, I'm 50 years old. I don't find an age limit in any of Jesus' command. Anthony, I, I, don't know, I don't even know how to speak. To, I don't find that. I just find Christ's command to go. You say, well, Anthony, what if God's not calling me to, to move my whole family to the nations? Here's what we can do. We can live out God's heart for all peoples and Christ's global command where God has planted us in Sevier County. Do you know that you can be obedient to Christ's command right here? That you can mimic God's heart for all people right here in our community? That people from all over the world are making their way here today to work in our industries and our businesses? You can feel feel that today in the life of our church. Why? Because God loves both our neighborhood and the nation's. Do you know that God loves Sevierville as much as he does China? And that God loves Iran, the people of Iran, as much as he does Sevier County. And we're reminded of that when we look to Can I close with a story of a young man? I love this story. Listen to this. A young man was kidnapped by foreign invaders who took him from his home at just the age of 16. Now watch this. He heroically escaped back to his homeland six years later. Was in captivity for six years. Now watch this. He evaded starvation during his long journey. And when this young man was called to God to take the gospel to his captors, his fellow Christians scoffed. So he was kidnapped for six years, came home and decided that he was going to take the gospel because God had called him to, to the very country and the very people who had kidnapped him. Well, the story goes that he was kidnapped twice more He referenced in his confessions 12 near-death experiences and recalled all that he had to endure from insults from unbelievers, persecution, imprisonment, and hearing the whole endeavor slandered by even those who named the name of Christ. Towards the end of his life, he would say this, I was bound by the Spirit to preach the gospel to the people who kidnapped me and to pour out my life among them. And he was motivated He was motivated by Christ. He recalled there were many people who tried to prevent him from going back to his captors with the gospel. They were talking among themselves and behind my back and saying, why is this man going and throwing himself into so much danger among the enemies who know not God? People at home just couldn't grasp why he would leave. But the young missionary stated, now listen to his words. This young missionary who'd seen a lot of life, he had stated this, it was according to the measure of one's faith in the triune God that one should spread the God's name everywhere and offer his gift of salvation to all people with confidence and without fear, even in the face of danger. And he says this, if we really know who God is, The God we claim to worship, if we really believe that God is awesome, majestic, wonderful, and worthy of all praise, then we will be about spreading God's name regardless of the consequences. He later stated that he was excited about exalting God in the far reaches of the globe. And in his fifth century context, Ireland was perceived as literally the far reaches of the globe. And he found himself instrumental in bringing the gospel to the Irish people who had held him captive. And today, all across our nation, we celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Now, we're going to wear green, and there's a lot of festivities that come with that, a lot of weird things that we eat. But you know what my hope is? That as we hear his name today, that we'll be reminded of two things. That God loves all people, not just some. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on our services. If you'd like to give to support our ministry, you can do that at our website. That's connectchurchpf.com. Hope you enjoyed and have a great week.